Ellis Sims got recalled from loan, but he is not your savior. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Black and White FPL podcast. Uh, it's a solo one this week. Um, Miller is currently down in Portsmouth, and he's currently running off a bit of a bad laptop. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty hard for him, which <laughs> when in, uh, his laptop can't even handle Riverside. Uh, so, yeah, coding issues, just, yeah, not the one. So, yeah, taking the reins on this one. And it's a bit of a shame, because I would have loved to have done one with both of them, because one, there's a lot of talk about, and two... Uh, I'm sure he would have loved to have um, pat himself on the back vigorously after the week he's had. Um, if you haven't seen, he triple captain Rashford this week. Um, so yeah, it's probably went as about as good as you could expect from from Matt. Uh, 72 points for him so far, um, and he's sat on about a top 60k rank for the week, uh, and he's got himself just in and around the 500k mark as well uh, for global rank. Me on the other hand, uh, 55 points this week, not terrible by any means, to start the week off, with a minus four as well, don't forget that, um, you didn't see the transfers I made, brought in uh, Kane uh, for, god, who did I bring him in for, god, I'm going to have to check me, I'm going to have to check my last points, god, cannot, literally cannot remember who I brought him in for now, Kane for Darwin, and it was uh, Cancelo out for Sven Botman of Newcastle, but yeah, 55 points, triple captain Haaland, Still got him to play with Rashford and Shaw playing tonight as well. Recording this on the Wednesday. It's uh, currently half past five. Um, Kane also left to play against City. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, Kevin De Bruyne to play as well. He wasn't featured in uh, the training photos from Monday or Tuesday, I think it was. Um, but hopefully, he does get himself in there. And yeah, like I said, there's a lot to talk about. So let's just dive into it straight away. Why not? Um, so the first thing I've got on the agenda is talking about Miguel Almiron. Now, I saw a lot of talk about people wanting to uh, stick a twist on Miguel Almiron. And from the mouth of a Newcastle fan, it might be easier for me to say, to stay a stick a twist, depending on how I'm feeling about him as a player at the moment. In my opinion, I think it's probably a hold. I think it's probably a stick on him. Uh, just look at the next three fixtures, man. Just look at the next three. Crystal Palace away. Sellers Park is no longer the fortress that it once was and once could be. Uh, and then we've got West Ham at home, who are just not on it at all. And we could seriously batter, we could seriously cause them some damage. And then Bournemouth away is just about as easy as it gets as well. Um, so with those next three, I think there's, there's potential for goals. You know, you look at those last three games, all blanks, not the best, obviously. But I think with his calibre and how he's been playing, I think there's obviously... There's easy ways to get him behind, I think, especially against Palace. When you look at some of the fullbacks that they'll be coming up against, like, they're still, got, they're still employing Joel, Joel Ward at right back. You know, but they don't have the greatest wide defence to Palace. And I think there's definitely threat for him uh, and poise for him to get himself a couple of goals across those next three games. So, in my eyes, it's hold. Uh, I, was, I was half debating getting rid because of Martin Odegaard, who is currently sat at 6.8 million, I believe, um, and he has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, never mind all season, uh, all season as well, but um, especially since the restart, he's been absolutely stunning. Um, 112 points for the season so far, and he's owned less than Martin Lally at the moment, 
6.8 million, he cost the same amount as him. And it's sort of my prerogative now to go from Martinelli to Odegaard, especially considering the fact that I bought Martinelli at about 6.4, I think it was. So I'll be selling him for more. I think I'm selling for, I can sell him for 6.6. And I think that's my, that'll be my move at the moment. But rolling does seem like a great option as well. And I'll get on to that after I go on to my next, on to my next point, to be fair, because again, it's another team that's been catching a, a lot of eyes at the moment, and that's Brighton and their assets currently. So the main two on the lips of FPL managers at the moment are Karumatoma and Solly March. Now, little little uh, little tangent here on uh, Karumatoma. Um, at university, we did a lot of work around the um, the World Cup. <clears throat> And um, you know, Matoma was, and we were, and my group were covering the group of Japan, and I think that was Group E, I think it was. Um, but the group wherever Japan were, we were covering that group. And Matoma was a player that I highlighted uh, because I was really impressed with the cameos that I've seen from him this season so far. And there's also what you can bring to the table is just a, such a dynamic and pacey winger. And ever since the break, he has he has done that to a T. I've been saying it for time. This lad is a serious, serious baller, um, like tr- proper player. And I think before his first goal against Southampton, he was the player who had had the most shots in the league without scoring. Now those goals are coming. You know, one, one really for the um for the XG Madheads. Uh, you know, he's finally came good. So um, yeah, I think I, I honestly think he's a great option. Five million as well. You know, especially with a lot of people moving to the freemium, free premium options at the moment. Um, Kuro Matoma, definitely on the radar. But Solly March as well. I mean, this this lad's just again, it's another like it's another case of the Al- case of um, what happened with Almiron, really. I mean, a nineteen pointer like this lad's been in the league for time now. This lad's been in the league for a good while. You would not have expected this from this bloke, seriously. I think a lot of it's come from the. Um, he's, he's definitely had a. He's definitely had a resurgence under Zerbi. He obviously trusts him a lot more to play a bit higher. Obviously, he's played. He's played amongst the um, the back line a bit. Uh, he can play left back, left wing back, that sort of role. But since I've since I got a stupid jam, there's absolutely no reason for him to play there. And with Tross on it with door, most likely, this it's his position to lose at this point. And already 230k transfers in at the moment. And the bloke's on fire. 19 points, 11 points uh, in the game week before against Brighton. 13 points against Southampton. Um, I don't know what's happened to him. <laughs> I mean, is this, is, I mean, he's been having his Weetabix for sure. Like, it's a really weird one. And it's obviously weird because, you know, with the experience that a lot of managers have had with Solly March, it's hard to almost trust him in that sense because... You know, we're we're so used to having Sonny March as an interesting FPL option and never really being an option. With Almiron, I think it's a different case because he's always been a player that can drive at defenders and work hard, but just never had the end product. With March, it's never really been any of those things. Now that it's switched, you kind of got to throw all that past knowledge at the window and say, look, this is a completely new player now, and you got to look at look at him for what he is now. So, for me, for me, I think it's it's hard to go for these ones right at the moment. Mainly because of their potential blank in 25. Uh, they are scheduled to go to Newcastle uh, on game week 25. 
Um, and there is a there is a chance that obviously if Newcastle get to the Carabao Cup final, that game week will be postponed. Um, or that not that game week will be postponed. That game will be moved and um, put in another game week. I think I think there's a chance it can stay in that game week if they play it on the. I think on the I think on the Monday, I think on the Monday. Um, honestly, it's a weird one. Listen, if you just want to know anything about rearrangements and all that stuff, there was a um, a chip strategy podcast released by Planet FPL. Um, the one of the co-hosts on there, James, is an absolute wizard with this sort of stuff. Um, he's way more qualified than I'm talking about that. So I mean, check that out if you really need um, some inside knowledge on that and all that data um, and information that he was spreading about that. I think we reached it about a week ago. All of that is basically still relevant up until um, the Liverpool game. So, so yeah, honestly, dig your teeth into that because it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick one between March and Matoma at the moment, both similar prices. I think just for personal biases, Matoma would be the one for me. He's really just a player that I enjoy watching more. That's simple as... Um, you know, he's, a, he's an absolute wizard of this bloke. Like, he's so, so good to watch. Really, really enjoyable player. And, um, and yeah, yeah, I think, I think he would probably be my pick. Um, come even defenders as well. I think mean, you got to look at a few defenders from uh, from their lot as well. Um, Levi Colwell at four point four million as well. Uh, just starting to get some games now for these lot. And um, yeah, re- looks really good. Looks really good. This lad, definitely one for the future. They're they're coming into a great run, Brighton. They're coming into a great run. And even if you do buy now, even if you do buy now this week, the Newcastle fixture I think has been has been put up as a sort of really big roadblock. But at the same time, you know, you're you're buying these players to a point where you know, they're cheap enough to bench. Are you really going to be asked if they get a blank? And as well, after that, after that Newcastle game. West Ham, Leeds, Man U, yeah, and then Brentford. You know, and then before that, Fulham, Palace, Bournemouth, Leicester in um ascending order to the point where Leicester's at twenty one going down. You know, it's 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 a smash and run. It's a smash and run these lot have got. And are playing some of the best football in the league at the moment, um, under the Zerby. So yeah, man. Uh definitely two definitely some players to keep an eye on from their from their lot. Um investing now. I don't think it's the worst idea at all. However, I do think this week is a very good one to roll in, as I mentioned with the Newcastle game, uh, or with the Newcastle assets. You know, we've got, you know, we've got cut, fi- we've got cut fixtures, and um, two more games in between now. Um, between these, uh, between this, between this week and twenty-two. So there's going to be a lot of knowledge gained. There's going to be a lot of knowledge gained. You know, uh, man, you have plenty. Man, you have plenty of cup games coming up. You know, you get knowledge on injuries across from them, especially. We're gonna find. We'll be able to find out if um, if Newcastle get themselves through, and they will blank. You know, we'll find out. We'll find out potential blanks, all that. So, I think the knowledge to gain from rolling this week is definitely greater than the gains you might get from some players. I mean, unless it really depends on what's on your bench as well. I think if you can move some players around just on your bench and get some players in field an eleven that you're happy with, I think rolling is probably the way to go this week. And it's probably what I will do unless I'm really, really desperate or De Bruyne is out of this game. 
And even then, if I, if the Bruyne was out, I'd probably be going to Odegaard. But you know, to play him on you, is it really the smartest move? Um, again, same breath, Arsenal playing some of the best football in the league at the moment, so can't be too bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's time to just move off that now and go to the real bulk of this one, which are the new arrivals uh, in the Premier League. Obviously, been a lot of signings uh, in the space of last uh, podcast, so... I think it's best just to dive in straight away, really. Go on to some of the big names joining the league and rejoining the league in a, some in some senses. I'm talking to you, Mr. Vote Veghorst. So my first signing that I want to really dig my teeth into is Michalo Mudrick. Obviously the big name signing. 100 million euros. Less than 50 appearances. Less than 10 goals. 100 mil on the table. Chelsea, it's 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 the bo- it's the bully mantra at this point. You know, it's really the it's really the case of just you know you're throwing enough shit at a wall, it's gonna stick eventually. That's really what it seems like. You know, he's chucking so much money at this project, um, and if hey, if this is what Potter wants, then it's what Potter can get and what he probably will get. But to me, it just seems like. To me, this saying it, it seems a little bit weird because it seems like it's just a bit of a you know who's got the bigger wallet when you look at you know when you look at what was happening with the with him and the Arsenal deal. It looked like he was over the line. These come in hijack it, spend more money, and it just it just seems like they did to get one over Arsenal. And if that's the case, then like it it would it would be extremely Todd Bowley if that was the case. But, I mean, look, the, the lad is obviously a good player. He's a good player, great prospect. A lot of pressure, though. A lot, a lot of pressure on this lad's back to impress for that price tag and probably being the most unknown player to be signed for that much money in the Premier League. Like, you look at some of the big-name signings that have came into the league in the last few years. Pogba, um, Grealish, or just move, just move teams even. Pogba, Grealish, Lukaku, um, Fafana recently, Nunes... You know, all these, a lot of these players, maybe barring Nunes, had, you know, had a great, everyone had a great deal of knowledge on him. And I think even to the point of Nunes, like people were pretty hopeful with a kid. Um, but this lad, it seems like it seems like not many people are are massive, you know, expert on him. Obviously, so yeah, it's weird. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how he's going to do. Seven million in the game, it's cheap enough if he does start. And you fucking hope he starts mine for a hundred mil. You'd really hope so. Um, and I mean, we might as well just stay on Chelsea and talk about uh, Benoit Badiashile. Uh, 50 million, all round about that from Monaco. It's another centre half, which again, a bit odd considering we just whacked 80 million on for Fauna. But it's obviously, it obviously seems like, and I mean, that was a that was a Tuchel transfer, in all fairness. But um, yeah, another young French centre half. It's an ageing backline, to be fair, at Chelsea, uh, Chelsea defence, uh, especially for centre half. So. Another young lad coming in, I don't think it's too bad. Again, I can imagine he coming relatively soon, considering you know Potter spent this money on him. Might be, he's gonna want to get some use out of him. You can't just have this young lad who's getting game time week in week out, spend millions on him, and just leave him brandished on a bench. Don't think that would be the best plan for his uh, for his career by any means. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 obviously not a real asset at the moment unless you know starts whacking in headers like he's. You know, prime Steve Bruce playing for Man U, um, but in all fairness, I, I, 
Is that worse? Is that worse things it could have made? Yes, obviously, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a wait and see for me because uh, my knowledge on this bloke is pretty limited. To be quite honest, not a big fan, not a big uh, watcher of French football. To be quite honest, um, and another lad uh, signed from Molde, uh, another Fafana in the ranks, uh, which is an actual number nine this time. Uh, yeah, Chelsea signed an actual striker. I'm just gonna try and pull up his full name because he's got a he's got a pretty big full name. I'm just gonna check right now. Uh, but 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 Chelsea. Uh, where is he? Because he's worth five mil. Um, that's his price. At uh, that's why he's been priced up. Uh, in the game, I cannot find him with the lifers. I'm because I'm sure he has. He's been put in the game. I literally just saw him earlier. Here he is, David Datra for father. Uh, same from Mulder. Uh, another young lad, but is an actual number nine, which is the one thing I'm really intrigued about. If five million in the game, I see him as an option when it, if push ever comes to shove for for Potter, because he's obviously trying to persist with Havertz and make him into this number nine, or you know, just play out, just play out like wanna be. Because I mean, he, at the moment he's looking like you know, if Steve Bruce had him, he'd be licking the lips because he screams a false ten for me. Uh, if anyone remembers the uh, the Steve Bruce false ten formation, then oh god, god, get out away from your memory as soon as possible. Because god, that was dark times. Um, but yeah, it seems like he doesn't really know what he is. He's going through a bit of an identity crisis at the moment. Is Kai Havertz um, and a bit of a for- and a bit of a performance um, loss as well. He's now been the same since he came to the Premier League, obviously. And Potter wants to possess with him. But, like I said, if push comes to shove, this for Farnock at 5 million, could you really shit? Could you really say no to that? Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, one for the future. Another young lad. The building on youth here at Chelsea at the moment. It's a bit of an ageing squad. I think a midfielder is definitely the, um, the key for them. Do need a midfielder, desperately, because at the moment, Kovacic and Jorginho couldn't play a killer pass if Valais depended on it to be quite honest so yeah I think this proper and out centre mid is what they need let's move on though a couple more signs to go through you know what let's go on to the uh, the most notor- one of the most notorious trolls in recent FPL memory uh, Vout Vegos he's back baby he thought he could escape he always comes back he always comes back 6 million uh, once again I think he was 6.5 Last time out of Burnley, I want to see. He might have been six mil though. Um, hey, hey, he's a threat to he's a threat to Marshall's minutes, one hundred percent. I think you know he's he's obviously not the striker that uh, Ten Hag wants it to be. He's not the best striker by any means either. And look, if again, if push comes to shove, Vegas is going to go in that team. Vegas is going to go in that team, and there's potential points if he gets good service. To be quite honest, whether you like it or not. So I'd be interested to see uh, what uh, what vote can do. Um, it screams an Odia Nagalo sign though. It absolutely reeks of it. But at the same time, Nagalo didn't do bad for Man U, did he? So uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's really uninspiring, isn't it? Oh, it's a proper just. It's a proper Man U modern day sign, isn't it? So so yeah, six million. See how I feel on that one. Uh, who do I want to pick up next? Couple of wolves lads in here. Let's go for one of them. Pablo Sarabia. Oof, got a good memory of this bloke. Um, if anyone has played Euro 2020 fantasy, uh, had this, I've had, I had this bloke for a good while in there. Got us a good few returns. Helped us on my way to winning a bit of cash as well in some money leagues. Where hey, 
um health pad out the um the, the summer purchases in that in that uh summer because lord above that was a expensive expensive time for me <laughs> oh god a lot of beer lot and lot of beer um but yeah um signed him for five million uh and he's actually more expensive in the game he's 5.5 million and i had a look into him because he's been at psg for a good while now and he's never really lit that league up because uh, he's not really had the minutes Looking back at some of the seasons, when he plays, he's been fucking great. He's been pretty good. He's been really good. Um, 12 goals and 13 assists in his final seasons for Sevilla in uh, 2019. Went alone. Uh, went to Sporting on loan. 15 goals, 6 assists. Grand total of 27 goals and 19 assists across those two seasons. That is great. That is really good. I think at five mil, that's an absolute no-brainer. I think it's an absolute no-brainer. Um, Wolves and Urban really want to play with a ten. Um, he does seem like that sort of player, sitting behind a striker and just um just feed off the feed off the balls from the midfield, take it forward himself, whack one from from outside, um, or try and feed the Jimenez, which he may be able to unlock. Um, to be quite honest, um. I think it's a great sign. I think it's a really, really smart sign, especially, um, especially if they're you know preemptively thinking about losing Nunes, not Nunes. God, what's his name? Neves. Christ, honestly, Darwin has absolutely melted my brain owning him. God, <laughs> Pete Bock chance absolutely engraved in my head. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think it's an absolutely, I think it's an absolute steal at five million. To be quite honest, I don't think you can go much wrong with that international experience. Great at the last international tournament he played at, being the Euros, playing regularly. And again, when he plays regularly, very good returns. So, yeah, what's not to like, to be quite honest. In FBL, I don't think it's... Again, he could definitely be an option. He could definitely be an option. With those numbers, it's it's certainly nothing to shake a tail at. I mean, I'm going to just have a quick look at Wolves' as uh, fixtures because they've not really been... They've not really been on uh, on the radar at all this season, maybe because of their... Because uh, of the form... They've not been good at all. Um, yeah, Pablo Sarabia right here. 5.5 million. It's City and Liverpool next, obviously. But, wow, they come into a good run. Wow. Um, Southampton, Bournemouth, Fulham. After those three. A couple of tricky games in between with um, Spurs and Newcastle. Then it's followed by Leeds and Forest. If you really want to take a whack on this kid, if you really want to take a whack, I wouldn't say no. If he's getting the minutes, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> um, they'll obviously have a game to be rescheduled as well. Um, with the uh, they'll obviously have a game to be rescheduled with the uh, postponement in game week seven, obviously. So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for a double game week because these look because uh, this kid could be could be one could be one to keep your eyes on. Let's be still on Wolves uh, for another five point five million option. That's Matthias Cunha. Um, he's came into the team uh, pretty rapidly. Played about eighty minutes across the two games he's featured in. And um, again, not not a player that I've had too much knowledge of. Um, I've known of his existence um, for playing at Hoffenheim and Atletico Madrid. Um, went there just a couple of years ago, and he was a player at Man U. I think we're linked too heavily. Um, in the summer, 50 million, I think the fee was around that they had nearly agreed for him. Obviously, something fell through. Uh, but could be a could be a player to unlock their forward line. 
not a man who has had too many goals or assists uh, in terms of you know numbers wise. He's not been uh, a big numbers numbers player in the last few years, uh, whether that be at Hoffenheim or or Atletico. But you know, 40, 40 odd million. I think with these two signings, they both seem like very similar players positionally, both playing in and around the an advanced midfield position. Uh, I think Cunha can play striker as well. I think he can play as an out at nine. And whether he does play there, that'll be interesting. Because um, I've not seen any of them since he's came to Wolves. But if this is the case, you could maybe see a switch in um, formation and style for Wolves. Especially with Lopet- Lopetegui coming through the door. Um, you know, they've looked a lot better. They've looked a lot better. So, you know, it's definitely one, it's definitely two to keep an eye on, for me at least. Um... Let's go on to one that really, um, really intrigued me, and that's Jorginho Rutter. Now, I thought his name was Geronimo Rutter, and I really thought, and I was like, well, that is the coolest first name in football history, but no, it's Jorginho Rutter. Um, yeah, f- 40, 30 mil, I think it was, that Leeds paid for this bloke, again, from Hoffenheim. Um, yeah, 10 goals in 48 for this bloke. Um, young lad, though, very young lad. He's got a lot to... Um, You've got a lot to learn and develop. So it'll be interesting to see what he does there. See if I call it for a striker, but with what Rodrigo's been doing, it'll be interesting uh, to see whether he does come straight in straight away, whether we want to play front two or Rodrigo drops in a bit. And, you know, to stay on Rodrigo, I think the arrival of him, and if he does start, I could definitely um, get people to go a bit cold on Rodrigo. I think a lot of people are looking at him for their potential double in 22 with Manchester United, and that's the rescheduled game at least. Man U to be rescheduled, I think there's a lot of talk about that going into game week 22. Let's just have a look and see what their other game could potentially be. And let's just peep. Be Forest and potentially Man U, which I'll tell you what, Forest, Forest is obviously a great fixture. Forest is a great one, and Man U's could be a fight, could be a fiery one as well. Um, I think there's doubts around that mainly because of police, uh, police coordination, thinking that they don't really want it to play that fat, that close together. Because I think they've got Man U, they've got they'll have Man U coming up in a few weeks' time anyway. They don't want it to play twice in like very very close proximity. Um, but honestly, if a double pops up and this bloke's getting games. I don't. I, I would be considering. I genuinely would be. Um, just for a little, just for a little punt. I think if you want to move on Metro at this time, he could be a he could be a man to get in. And it's not even a fixtures are too bad after that, because you've got that double and you've got Everton and then uh, Southampton as well. And he's cheaping off the bench. So, yeah, not a, not a bad shout at all. If you're asking me to be quite honest, obviously Patrick Bamford coming back as well, uh, scored against Leeds. It just seems like this bloke, like whenever he comes back from injury, he'll come back and score and just get injured again. I think he did it against was it Brentford last season where he got a late equaliser and um, he just got injured straight away again. God, what could have been with this bloke? What could have been? Uh, but yeah, Rutter, one that excites me and one that intrigues me at his price as well. Um, final. Couple of players that I want to go over, just final couple of players that have came into the league, um, being Alex Moreno, Mario Lemina, uh, Alcaraz, and Danilo. Uh, 
Marino coming in at 4.5, just your average 4.5 million defender, really. Um, Dinier could be out for a good while, though. Uh, I think didn't look didn't look very good. He came into the... Uh, Marino did come on in that game um, pretty early on. Wasn't really expecting it, obviously, with Dinier getting injured. So it'll be... It'll be... If you have made a move on him, could be there for the long run, but obviously keeping an eye on Dinier's injury... If uh, you just want a Villa defender to keep you ticking along, probably still go with Tyrone Mings at about 4.2. I think he's sat out right now. Uh, but Moreno, don't think it's too bad. His numbers apparently haven't been too bad in Spain either. I've not really had a look at them, but if it's something if it's something that interests you, uh, definitely do your research on this kid. Uh, and then Lamina, Alcaraz, Danilo. Not really any knowledge on these lot bar Lamina, apart from the fact that he played in the Premier League prior. Um... Danilo signing for a good bit of money from uh from Brazil. I'm not too sure what I don't I'm not too sure where he's signing from, to be quite honest. But he's a midfielder, four point five, not really much. And then there's Alcaraz fella as well for uh, Southampton. They need some bodies in to be fair. And if it's again again if it's what Jones wants, it's what Jones is gonna get. You know, he needs his players to he needs his players in the door, to be quite honest. Uh, again, five five minute midfield doesn't really interest me too much. Um but the final thing that we're going to go on to is talking about one certain team, uh, just on a football standpoint, because it's been a talk of a team recently, and it's uh, Everton Football Club. Alright then, so, Everton. God, where has all went wrong? It's been going wrong for a while, to be fair. Ever since the end of last season, uh, where we made that resurgence, uh, back up the table, saving them from relegation, uh, with Richarlison to thank for that, to be quite honest. It's it's not been good. It's not been good. I mean, the signings, for one, I don't think many people were very confident on them. Um, Dwight McNeil especially, I think. I think I remember saying at the start of the season, you know, if you know McNeely's coming off such a bad season with Burnley relegated, you know, a twenty million move I don't think is what the lad needed. I think a season of a championship would have been really good for him. I think it really, really would have been good for him, especially with the affinity the Burnley fans had for him coming up. Um, I think it would have been good for him to stay at that, um, stay at that level to be quite honest and just find himself as a player. You know, Mope coming in seemed like a panic signing. You know, not adequately replaced Richarlison at all, and it doesn't look like they will to be quite honest and you know the players just haven't been good enough you know there's little to no goal threat in that midfield apart from Damari Gray he really seems like the only player who can drag them out of this uh, rut at the moment and you know you know if you're looking at who would all have seen me from relegation Richarlison or Damari Gray I think you know which one I'm taking I mean, it's not been good at all. It's not been good at all. I mean, Unana, Unana seems to be like a very, a very, very solid player. I thought him and Cody at the start of the season really impressed me. To be quite honest, I even said Cody could be a transfer to keep them up, but even then, it's not looking like it's been enough. It's not been enough. Patterson injured again. You have got Coleman, like an aging Seamus Coleman, still in the squad, who will just get be, who will be blitzed by any player with a yard of pace. Defense hasn't been good enough. Pickford is just, he's probably clawing his eyes out at the thought of playing with these mugs 
anymore because that's just absolutely hopeless. Like I said, no goal threat from that midfield. I mean, it will be an honour, you know, good good players in their own right and have shown glimpses across the season, but getting goals just isn't there for to. I know Anana just scored um, in the match just gone, but he's not going to get you them goals every week, is he? And, you know, it will be after. People, people saying shouts for I will be better than Joel Linton at the, at the start of the season. I need you, man, to reassess your lives. Deary me. <laughs> what a terrible take. What a terrible take if you think that man is better than Mr. He's Brazilian himself. Not a chance. Um, yeah, I mean, the players are just the start of it. Let's talk about Lampard. Let's talk about Lampard, man. Surely he's got to go. He's surely got to go at this point. He's looked out of his depth in this job for year for for so long now. For so long now. I was gonna say years. He's not been there for years. He's not been there for long enough to be out to be that out of his depth. Yeah, he's just not been good enough though, has it? It's not been good enough. It wasn't really Lampard that kept them up. Again, I keep saying this. It was Richarlison. It was his goals. It was his talismanic nature that kept him up in this league. And he didn't want to do that again. Of course he didn't. Why would he want to do that? I think he'd rather be sat on the bench at Spurs, to be quite honest, than, you know, drag these out of the mud again. But it's been... And it's been it's been a rough time for Lampard, to be quite honest, but, you know, he's had a full window to get these to get these players in. And, you know, whilst, whilst I do like to look at some of them, you know, would would have re... The negatives almost outweigh the... Negatives outweigh the positives of what he, what he signed and what he really needed for his team. And you know it's 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 weird for, it's weird for me because I look at Everton as a team that I just do not like I do not like I've never really liked Everton you know I've always been we can't scouse Macrams up here with good with good reason you know, I've always been in Liverpool's shadow and you know who's in our shadow up here Sunderland you know they seem to have a good affinity with each other on uh, Twitter as well and. It's it's weird because you know I've obviously such a cornerstone in a pillar of Premier League football, and seeing him go down would be really interesting for the league, because I think you know there's a massive chance, there's a massive chance that West Ham, Everton, and Leicester all go down this season, and we could see one of the most, you know, ragtag bunch of teams in the bottom in that bottom half of the table. You know, you could be looking at like, you know, Burnley, West Brom, and Sheffield United replacing them. You know, God forbid even Sunderland come back up. Imagine that. Imagine just the state of like how it would be like it would be like a, it would be like a championship promotion fight down there, looking like with some of the caliber of teams you got there. To be quite honest, you know, not in terms of size when you know you look at Sunderland, you're a massive team, but in quality wise, you know they'd get laughed out the Premier League. To be quite honest, I think if they came up, um, but I mean you you're genuinely looking at a possibility where that does happen. So there's, there's you know there's universes where that does happen at the end of the season, but yeah, I mean, I backed Everton to go down start of last season. Miller backed them to go down uh, start of this season, and there's a big big possibility. I think a greater chance that they go down compared to this season because again they don't have Richarlison, they don't have an adequate striker to push them through. Um, I think I saw talks of Danny Ings, or I might have heard it just just through the grapevine talks of Danny Ings, but. You know, if Watkins is injured and we've just loaned Cameron Archer out to Middlesbrough, I could Ings will not move. Ings will not go. Um, if that's the case. Or they won't let him go. Simple as. And and yeah, that w- it doesn't look like a team that can stay up. Even with signs. Even with signs, I wouldn't back it. 
I wouldn't back it. The football is turgid. It's awful. They're not good at all. You've got to look at Yunus as well. Um, Mashiri is a man that I've been keen acquainted with a lot more over the last few years. Not last few years, last few weeks, sorry. Um, yeah, this Mashiri fella, he honestly may be the worst businessman to grace the Premier League. He's he's definitely up there. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd, again, I'm going to go back onto Newcastle here. You know, with Mike Ashley, you know, awful owner. Awful, awful football club owner. But a half-decent businessman. I can't, I can't not say that about him. He's a half-decent businessman who knows how to run a company, at least. You know, little to no debt when we left. Obviously very successful in the... Um, in, you know, his, his commercial endeavours. And... You know, a decent businessman. When you've got this bloke, this Mashiri fella, who doesn't seem like a good football club owner, and obviously doesn't seem like a second great businessman either, what do you do with him? What do you do with him? And I mean, like, just everything going on with it, with the fans as well. Like, you know, getting the getting this poor like, I, I forget the name of the chairman now, but they got this they got this poor woman in a, in a headlock. <laughs> the club is in absolute disarray. It it seems it seems like what Leighton Orient were going through a few years ago a few years ago with that clown um, at the helm of them. I mean, if not, if I'm sure a lot of people will have seen the uh, Copper ninety documentary on um, Leighton Orient from a 2019 season. I think it was. Um, I'm sure you would have seen it if you've not. It's a great watch. But I'm, I'm drawing parallels. I'm drawing parallels. Like it seems like it's absolute anarchy down there. You know, with fans literally roadblocking in. Uh, you know, cars are up there. Even Ellis Sims had just been recalled from loan on Sutherland. Play for fifteen minutes. You're screaming at him to get out of the club. The lads are not been here, man. What do you, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? He's been playing in League One, and even then he's been playing second fiddle to Ross Stewart. He's he's not your saviour. Like mate, what what did what did Kendrick Lamar say? What did Kendrick Lamar say? He is not your saviour. He is not your saviour. <laughs> Ellis Sims got recalled from loan, but he is not your saviour. <laughs> oh my god like Anthony Gordon getting like just getting boxed in Yerry Mina as well um, that clip did make me laugh to be fair Yerry Mina getting um, you know confronting the fans and talking to him like you know he got this 6 foot 4 Colombian fella who probably barely speaks much English you know never mind Scouser and you got these Scousers just screaming at him we need answers Yerry we need answers lad what's going on but don't he doesn't know he doesn't know what do you mean he's one of your better players as well so, yeah, it's it's very hard. It's very hard for these lot of the moments. Um, and I want to finish on on these lot by just talking about some of the Twitter spaces because again, I've I listened into one on um on Monday night where basically just these guys um, who have been regularly doing spaces on um on Twitter just get some Everton fans in and have a talk about them. Um, it's it's re it's 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 quite an interesting listen to be fair because you do you do get some absolute gem uh, gems of comments. You know, I heard they were going after. Friggin' Deontay Wilder the other night, uh, not Deontay Wilder. Um, why did I see Deontay Wilder? Um, I do. I forget. I forget who it was now. Uh, they were going after some fella who just wasn't even associated with the club. I think he was in the the fighting realm. I'll try and find it. Um, but you do get some gems. But at the same time, you can tell these fans that are hurting, like these, and I can sympathise. Ju- I can sympathise just a little bit, just a little bit, because they're obviously very um very passionate about the club. Um, and at the same time as well, these guys who are hosting the the uh, the things, I think 
one of them was I think one of them's doing some charity work for the um for the homeless around Liverpool, dropping off like um socks and um sleeping bags and blankets and all that for the homeless around winter, which is an absolutely brilliant cause and I I obviously I obviously really respect that. Um but yeah man, it's it's really, really uh it's really, really interesting. Tony Bellew, that's who it was. Not Deontay Welder. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Bellew. I don't know why they were going after him for some reason. Um, yeah, but it's like some of the some of the shit that they come out with is just it, it's really funny to be quite honest. But yeah, um, I'm probably contradicting myself quite a bit, say you know laughing at these lot, but you know trying to sympathise with them the same way you know trying to play devil's advocate a little bit for the Newcastle fans. But I think we're going home. I think they're going down. At the moment, it's not looking good at all. Unless these can get, you know, get Mopey firing, sure up defensively and hope Damari Gray can get them enough goals to get them through, then I don't see much going right for them at all. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's I think, where we're going to leave it for this podcast. Uh, just over 40 minutes of me rambling to myself, basically. Uh, but I hope you did enjoy. Captain's in transfers for this week. Uh, obviously, I did mention rolling. And it's probably going to be my preferred route of this week. Um, if the Bruyner is injured, it will take some thought. It will take some thought. Odegaard is obviously the main show because of his um, because of his form at the moment. He's the form pick. I'd still think I'd back him to get something against Man U, to be quite honest. Uh, but if not, a Brighton lad would be decent. But I mean, if you've not got any issues um, or any massively pressing issues like I'm still sat with Patterson on my bench who's injured just rotting away on my bench is my third slot I'll get rid of him eventually but he's not my main priority at all he's not my main priority at all Um, yeah rule if you can people rule if you can the information will be massive this week captaincy at the moment I've got it on Kane I've got it on Kane Haaland is sort of making me lose a little bit of faith and Wolves are starting to pick up a little bit Um, Man City did have a very very good first half against Wolves I remember watching that game they were absolutely electric against them uh, Nathan Collins got sent off in that one as well if you do recall the Nigel De esque karate kick on Jack Grealish uh, which Mike Parry said was not a red card the absolute buffoon uh, but yeah I've got it on Kane at the moment versus Fulham again subject to change very subject to change De Bruyne obviously got four goals against these lot if you remember last season so could be a Haaland move and I mean there's not much, there's not many other routes to go down it's, it's him or Haaland really or De Bruyne if I really want to go there so, yeah, we will see. We will see. Obviously, good luck for the rest of your double game week, people. Hope you do enjoy uh, the rest of the footy this week. And uh, and I, uh, Triple Captain Haaland, Haaland Triple Captain us, I should say. Pray for us. I do. <laughs> pray for us. You know, unlike unlike Ellis Sims, we do hope he's our saviour. <laughs> um, I'm praying, praying for returns just to uh, shut Mel's week down a little bit as well uh, because to be quite honest he's been a little bit insufferable last few weeks if you've seen the Twitter as well you would have seen it um, if you've not seen the Twitter Blackweight FPL follow us if you don't want to miss any podcasts and any funny tweets occasionally we do we do make well, we do make you laugh sometimes trust me uh, at Alfie underscore Clock 12 for my personal Twitter at OGX Miller for all of us personal Twitter as well get on both of those again more funny tweets um, and yeah that's going to do it for us uh, so I've been Alfie Clark and this has been Black and White FPL and we will see you in the next one with hopefully both of you back in the studio bye bye <laughs>